At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. The Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo are bringing consumers more choices with less sugar than ever before. From sparkling, flavored, and bottled waters to zero-sugar sports drinks, teas, and sodas, consumers are taking advantage of these choices. In fact, nearly 60% of beverages sold contain zero sugar. To learn more, visit balanceus.org. Take 
The church in the name of Jesus and the power of his blood I come before you Lord recognizing that you are supreme in authority your power is great in the heavens and the earth and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men father I boldly approach your throne yet again this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride the church your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God so let the church bear the greatest indictment because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature, all men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us, and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, 
seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, a people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears. And through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines and decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust, and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, 
performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back, and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance, his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you, and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price, and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God, and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched, and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth, and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry, that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived. Let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth, preaching the word in and out of season, and making no provision for the flesh, while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you, that we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints, as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, that we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure unto the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says, obedience is better than sacrifice and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 And good evening. Thank you for joining us once again on LPJ. 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweeping Bible Study Thank Hour. You. Once again, I look forward to this time. Oh, <clears throat> I do too. And it's just time to worship.
and just read the Word of God. That's right. And our study tonight is going to be to love the Lord your God. Amen. And you're going to find out how much it takes to love God. To love Him. Yes, just right. to love the Heavenly Father. You know, we're going to start with uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 say, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Amen. Amen. That, that's, that's right. right. <clears throat> so, in the Jewish religion. The doctor will see you now. But do they really? Do they see you as a mother who's a daughter and a caregiver? Fearless, but sometimes fearful? A health nut with a French fry habit? An O-positive geologist named Patty, who's here today for a melanoma exam. At Kaiser Permanente, we believe the only way to care for all of you is by seeing all that is you. Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Learn more at kp.org. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 one of the most important prayers is taken from Deuteronomy 6. It is known as the Shema, and that is based on the first Hebrew word of the prayer. And from the root Shema, which means to listen or even to obey, a word that appears over and over, not just in Deuteronomy, but all through the Old Testament. <clears throat> Now, if we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, we're going to go up to 4. We're still in Deuteronomy 6. It's here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So, many times when Jews pray it, they cover their eyes. The idea being to let nothing distract them from thinking about God. Amen. 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 So this first line of Shema is deemed an affirmation of the word, the Lord our God, and Israel's loyalty to him alone and to no other God. In fact, it could be also read as the Lord is our God. Amen. I like that too. Because <clears throat> it is. It. Mm -hmm. He is. So the one line is part of the first speech that Moses gave to the children of Israel as they were about to enter the promised land. What follows that opening line, however, is a powerful expression of truth 
that remains as crucial now as it was then. So after Moses recounted to the children of Israel their history, he began giving them instructions on what they were to do in order to take the land and to thrive on it. Indeed, one could argue that the bulk of Deuteronomy was simply that the Lord telling the people what they needed to do in order to keep up their end of the covenant, which he graciously made with them in fulfilling his promise to their fathers. So Deuteronomy 6 begins like this. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, and that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his, his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. That was in, in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 1. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 1 and 2. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Did you see it? Yes, we yeah. That was Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. So, love the Lord your God with all your heart. So, how interesting that here, in the midst of the law, in the midst of all the warnings, rules, and provisions, the people are called to love God. And not just to love Him, but to do so with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, which points to the absolute nature of this love. Mm, that is some powerful love. Yeah, because yes, love, that's what we don't understand, with all your heart, all your soul, and all um, your strength. With everything that you have, everything, everything that you have, you, you give it to God, loving with it. That's right. I mean, that is, that's, that's powerful. See, loving God with all the heart and soul and strength means that our love for Him should be supreme over our love for everything and everyone because He is the foundation and the ground of all our being and existence and everything else. That means he comes first. <clears throat> yes. He comes over everything. Everything. He comes over mom, dad, brother, sister, cousin. He comes over everybody, husband, wife. He's first. Everything and everyone. And everyone, yes. See, that love for him should put our love for everything else in proper perspective. Yes. So in other words, God said, if you love me with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and all your strength, then everything else will fall in place. Yes. Fall in order. Yes. Well, see, he would, and we said, Lord, <clears throat> you're my light. Mm -hmm. You'll guide me. And he'll guide you. Correct. Things will be put in order in the proper place. You won't have to worry about that because God will show you how things should be organized. Yes, He will. And you won't have to worry about, well, how should this go? What should this do? Should this be first or, or this second? God will organize your life for you. All you have to do is stay on that routine, stay yes. on that path. 
-hmm. and followed it. God put it all in the right place. Exactly. Yes, correct. you won't have to worry about it. And all you got to do is follow it. Just stay on it. Just stay on that path that he guides you. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Stay in dead center. That's right. Yes. So in the Hebrew, the word your or your God, your heart, your mind is in the singular. Yes, God was speaking to the people as a whole, but the whole is only as strong as the parts. Amen. So the Lord wants each one of us, though part of a larger body, to be faithful to him individually. And the foundation of that faithfulness should be our love for him, for who, is, who he is and for what he has done for us. And that's correct. He's telling us as a whole, but we have to have that personal relationship with him. Yeah, we... Individually. God's such a big God that he can have a one-on-one -on -one personal one relationship with each one of us. That's correct. He's just that big. He's just that God that is that big that he can do a one-on-one -on -one with every one of us. That's a big God. That's a powerful God. Mm -hmm. He's no small God. We make him small. We make him small because we got such a small, thin mind. Yes, we do. But God has such a big mind. Thoughts are big. We can never get our thoughts as big as our Heavenly Father. Exactly. So we're going to look at also in Deuteronomy 6. Let's go to 2 once again. Because Moses told the children of Israel to love God with all that they had. So let's look at Deuteronomy 6 verse 2. That you may reverently fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, and keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. And see, that was a command. However, a few verses earlier, Moses gave them another command. That was just what we read, to fear yeah. the Lord your God. And in there, and began to look there, there was a command as well as a promise. Mm -hmm. There was a command and promise put there together. I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. That's a promise. That's a promise. See, it was a command and promise put together. Yes. God gave you. Oh, man, that, that, that's so nice. That's so wonderful. A promise, a command, and promise. Exactly. So, in one verse, they're told to fear God and another to love Him. And in this verse, they're told to both fear and love him at the same time. So in the common understanding of the word fear, this might seem like a contradiction, but it's not. Instead, the fear of God and a sense of awe and respect for who he is, his authority and power and justice and righteousness, especially in contrast to our sinfulness, weakness, and complete dependence on him should be a natural reaction. We are fallen beings and beings who have violated God's law and who, but for his grace, deserve condemnation and eternal death. 
So fear is to honor him. Yes. To be in awe of him. Oh, see, there's another one of them words. I love small mind. Fear. Uh, when some people say fear him. Oh, I need to be scared. No, in awe. Yeah. Respect. Reverence. Honor. honor. You know, like he said, honor thy mother and father. That's right. You know, you don't fear your mother and father, but you honor them. So you honor God. Don't fear him. He's too good a God to fear. He's too good a God to yes, love you to fear. He, he loves you too much to fear him. See, that's what Satan wants you to do to uh, get that wrong word fear in the wrong category. Exactly. He wants you to put it in the wrong category. All fear is just honor and respect your father, your heavenly father. That's all. It's the fear and respect, love. Exactly. And you know what? Uh, Paul should, we're going to go to Ephesians in the New Testament, chapter 2, and we're going to read 1 through 10. Okay. And the question is, how should these verses help us understand how we can both fear and love God at the same time? And this is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Okay. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Okay. <clears throat> and you he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins, in which at one time you walk habitually, you were following, following the course and fashion of this world, and were under the sway of of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air, you were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the carelessness, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purpose of God. Among these were as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passion of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings, we were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation like the rest of the man, rest of mankind. But God so rich in is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trust our shortcomings and trespasses he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with christ he gave us the very life of christ himself the same new life with which he quickened him for it is by grace, his favor, and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and may partakers of Christ's salvation. Verse 6. And he raised us up together with him, made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere, by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus. 
and he did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, his kindness and goodness and heart of heart towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, For it is by free grace that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not yourself of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Verse 9, Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demand, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do, so no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works with which works which God predestined planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he arranged and made ready for us to live. So despite the fact that we are children of wrath, which is why we should fear him, Christ died for us and thus gave us a new life in him, which includes freedom from sin, in combination of the past. Amen. Which is yeah. why we should love him. That's, yeah, we should love him. So that's how free. you fear him and yeah. love him at the same time. That's right. We should love him and fear him at the same time for what he has given us, for what he allowed us to have with salvation. Amen. And we should love him with no problem. We should be willing to. That's why we can be in awe and love him at the same time. Yes. Because we were children of wrath. And because he died on the cross and gave us a new life a new in life. him. A Amen. Amen. And just as this is true for us today, the same principle applied to ancient Israel. They were captives in Egypt, condemned to slavery and oppression. And it was only God's love for them and graciousness towards them that led to their great redemption. So remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there. No wonder then that they both love and fear God at the same time. Yes. I mean, a God that brought you from <clears throat> slavery. Exactly. Out of slavery, out of sin. Brought you out of slavery and sin. I mean, think about it. He brought you out of all of that. He can't do nothing but love you. He can't do nothing but praise you. And love him at the same time. At the same time, can't do anything but look at him and say, Praise you, Jesus. Can't do nothing. Preach you from all of it. Preach you from slavery. Preach you from sin. Give you salvation. Send his only begotten son to the cross of God for you. Amen. Amen. So if they were to do that, how much more should we, having the great truth of Jesus dying on the cross for us, how much more should we do the same thing? We should do the same thing. That's right. We should be willing to give our life for Christ. 
And not be afraid, not be afraid, not one time to give our life for Christ. One time to be afraid to accept the Sabbath and admit, admit that God made the Sabbath for man and not man for the Sabbath. That's right, and that's also coming up in Oh, okay, too. I'm sorry. Even amid rules and regulations in Deuteronomy and all the ammunition warnings, the Jewish nation that the people must obey his commandments, his judgment, and his statutes, they were first and foremost to love God with all their heart and soul and might. Of course, they had good reasons to do just that. You know, over and over in Deuteronomy, Moses told the people about God's love for the fathers and for them. But more than just words, the Lord revealed this love by his actions. That is, even despite their shortcomings, their failures, their sins, God's love for them remained steadfast. Mm. And a love that was powerfully manifested in his dealing with them. Same thing he's doing for us. Oh, Long yeah. suffering. Long suffering. Look how this world is today. It's you can't explain it. No. Even if you wasn't a Christian, you know something needs to be done in this world today. Something would be the something. evil, the darkness that gets worse and worse every day. You know we need a redeemer. We got one, and he is coming back to receive us unto himself. Yes, you you could see. It, 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 if you knew, you not know Jesus. You got to know Jesus or know that <coughs> something is wrong. Correct. Because if you didn't know Jesus, you would be serving the other master. And it would be all right with you the way the world is today. You Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply. Stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar. Text the word grade to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text grade to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text grade to 323232 right now and get started for just one dollar. Text grade to 323232 now. Text grade to 323232. You love it because you will be serving you the, the enemy. And this is the world right now, so it would all be good. You would say, I don't see, oh, it's storming before. Oh, we had tornadoes before. Oh, mm. we had, because it would be all good for you. But if you know Jesus, you would know things are not right. No, they're not. Things are not right. Things are a little bit different than they were a few years back. A lot more, because just the other day, in Turkey, they had a 7.8 earthquake. Mm. It's been a hundred years since they had one. This is the biggest one they ever had. Yeah, so you can see... Sudden destruction. Yeah. 
You can see things are beginning to turn the other way. That God is getting ready to come back. He's setting up the plans to come back and get his children. Time is running out, brothers and sisters, running out. We need to get ourselves right. As the old song, um, they used to sing, get right, church. And let's go home. And let's go home. Let's get it right. Let's get it right so our Heavenly Father will come back. That's because right, he waiting on us. Yeah, he waiting on us. He waiting mean? on his remnant people to be ready. And that's what he's waiting on. We're going to uh, look in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19. Okay. 1 John. 1 John. All right. Chapter 4 and verse 19. All right, we love him because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. So God's love for us predated our existence in that the plan of salvation was in place way before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> Do we not realize that? But yes, we, we should realize that. We should if we don't. We, right, we should because God set all this in place in the beginning of the world. He, he set it all together. Mm -hmm. He put it all right there for us. This is why we'll call him the creator because these things were set before man even is that love. That's right. We can find that in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Yeah. Ephesians. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Ephesians not, chapter 1 all right. and verse 4. And in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own, in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. That's why. You see? Because this is before, the found, before we were born. This is where we were born. That's what I'm telling you. This is what God meant for us to be. So it love. wasn't an afterthought. No, this it wasn't an afterthought. This was before. He meant for this to be for us. Amen. No. See, that's right. No. We, he, he meant for this to be. See, the plan for our redemption was not an afterthought, a plan formulated after the fall of Adam. It was a revelation of the mystery which had been kept in silence through times eternal. Let's look at Romans chapter 16 and verse 25. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. All right. Now to him who is able to strengthen you in the faith, which is in accordance with my gospel and the preaching of, of concerning Jesus Christ, the Messiah, according to the revelations, 
the unveiling of the mystery of the plan of redemption, redemption, which was kept in silence and secret for long ages. So it wasn't an afterthought. No. It was an unfolding of the principles that from eternal ages have been the foundation of God's throne. Yeah, it wasn't an afterthought. It was, it was before man even existed. Because if God said he was love, mm-hmm. and God was for anything to exist, then love wow. had to exist before us, right? It did. Absolutely. If God was love, wow. so it was already here. It was meant for us. So that all puts you in awe, because we wasn't an afterthought. See, how fortunate we are that God is indeed a God of love. A love so great that he went to the cross for us, a self-sacrificing love in which he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Amen. Amen. You said again, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we're going to take a break on that point because that was powerful. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play a song, but we want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sleeping Bible Study Hour. We're living in a time where everybody is struggling for their lives. They're stressed. They're depressed. But with the power invested in me, I came to speak life over you. I speak blessings of health. Blessings of peace to my brothers and sisters all around the world, especially those in South Africa struggling with AIDS, in Brazil, the States. I speak life, you're gonna live, oh my brother, my sister, I speak life. You are the head and not the tail. You will prevail. I speak life. Don't give up the fight for your life. You shall live and not die. Let's not lose another person to a senseless death. Substance abuse, gang violence, suicide because of low self-esteem. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Speak life over yourself and those you love. Tell me, sing Life to your 
Speak life. Over your life. You yeah. should live and not die. Amen. 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 That's true. So speak, you just, life. Uh, speak life. Yes. So if you just join us, you are listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Freefame Bible Study Hour. And we're talking about to love your God. You need to know how to love Him. You know, Israel. The nation as a whole was called to love God, but this was something that could happen only individually. As a single human being been given free will, each Israelite had to make the choice to love God, and they were to show that love through obedience. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 10 says, And showing mercy and steadfast love to thousands and to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. No, recognize and understand, therefore, that the Lord your God, your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love and mercy with those who love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 10. 
chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 and 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to reverently to fear the Lord your God, that is, to walk in all his ways and to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and with your entire being, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 1. Therefore you should love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his precepts, and his commandments always. Now we read all those. So what is the common thing among them? The common thing he keeps telling you is keep his commandments. Yes. If you love him, keep, keep his commandments. So how much clearer could the word of God be? Just as God doesn't merely say he loves us, but has revealed that love for us by what, by what he has done and still does, God's people too are to show their love to God by what? Our keep, actions. Yeah, and, and that's keeping his commandment. You see, actions... Those are, all those commandments are action, action words, action words there. and that will show God that you love Him. Now today they say the commandments don't exist. That's that we are by the grace. And yes, we are, but the commandments still exist now. And in these texts, we see that love to God is inseparable link to obedience to Him. So this is why when John says things like, let's go to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3 in the New Testament. 1 John, okay. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. All right. For the true love of God is this, that we do his commands, keep his ordinance, and are mindful of his precepts and teaching. And these orders of, of his are not burdensome, oppressive, or grievous. And also, John chapter 14, not only was 1 John, this is John chapter 14 and verse 15. Okay. John 14 and 14. Right? 14 and 15. John chapter 14 and verse 15 okay. says... If you really love me, you will keep, obey my commandments. So these verses are merely expressing this basic teaching. Love to God must always be expressed by obedience to God. And that has always been the case. And it is always will be. And disobedience to God means obedience to his law. The Ten Commandments, which includes the Fourth Commandment as well, the Sabbath. Keeping the Fourth Commandment is no more legalism than is keeping any other nine. That's right. Now let's read 21 in John 14. It's still, 
Okay. John 14 and verse 21 says, The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Now, wow. you want to know, you wanna know how to get to see God? You want to wow. know how to see him manifest himself? The commandments. That's how important they are. Now, you can think that they no longer exist, but, but if you want God to what manifest himself to you, you have to do obey those commandments. That's right. You have to obey them. That's the that's the commitment between God and you if you obey those. Like you said, the obedience to any of the commandments can be legalism. That kind of obedience isn't really done out of love for God. No. So when we truly love God, especially because of what he has done for us in Christ Jesus, we want to obey him because that's what he asked us to do. That's right. He want us He to asked them back then and he's right. asking us today. It's the same to thing. Do it out of our hearts, not because we want to get to heaven or we want some blessings or we want God to heal us. Not for a separate moment. No. That will not get it with God. We have to do it because we love him. If he if he don't heal me tomorrow from cancer, I still go on bad. That's right. If he don't heal my high blood pressure, I'm still, still going on bad. She's not suffers more because he loved me first. That's right, because he died on the cross. Amen. He showed me through actions. His actions showed me. <clears throat> so when Moses over and over told Israel to love and obey God. He did it after they had been redeemed from Egypt. That is, their love and obedience was a response to the redemption that God has given them. They have been redeemed by the Lord. Now they will respond by faithfully obeying his commandments. We also have been redeemed. So we showing him by obeying his commandments. It's no different than what they did back then. That's right. It's no different today than the world then. If you love the Heavenly Father, then you'll do what? you obey him. Yeah, you Some people tell me, those laws are hung on the cross. Show me where those laws are hung on the cross. If there's no, if there's no commandments, if there's no law, there's no sin. If there's no sin, there's no law. Right. So we know there's sin. It has to be a That's law. Right. Show me where they in the Bible they said the laws was hung on the cross. Now they did tell me what law was hung on the, the cross. The Mosaic law. The Mosaic law was hung on the cross. But they did not say anything about the Ten Commandments. So if you want to let Satan mislead you in that way and not read for yourself, then okay, fine. It's in but the word. It's in the word that and they did not hang him on the cross. They did not hang him on the cross. So Satan cannot mislead me in that way that God's law doesn't exist anymore. 
Do you know what? However much some Christians, for various reasons, seek to separate the Old Testament from the New. Well, they can't be done. At least not without all, but denuding the New Testament of its true meaning. So the New Testament, in its revelations of Jesus, and its theological explanations of its life, death, resurrection, and high priestly ministry, points to the fulfillment of many of the Old Testament prophecies and types. So in many ways, the Old Testament forms the background, the context, the, the basis for the new. So both Testaments reveal the goodness and love of God. Yeah. So you can't separate those. So yeah, you can't, because in order to separate, you, get, you eliminate some of God's word and you eliminate a lot of God. Now, you can't do that. You, you, can't, can't, you can't get rid of God. You can't say, well, I'm a New Testament right. Christian. You can if right. you want to, well, you can't but say, you can't just use the New Testament well, you and can, not the Old. You can say what you want to. You're right, baby, because God said, I'm the same today that I was yesterday. That's right. I, I, he hasn't changed. Ain't none of God faded away. So if you want to fade him away, you go ahead, because he said, he that answers my word will be after the book of life. Mm -hmm. And he who takes away from my word, it will be taken out of the his book of life. Mm -hmm. So now you do as you please. It's not that. It says that um, the commandments are gone. They don't exist. So if you find that, then uh, I'd like to see it. Send it to me. Email it to me because I want to see it. That's right. Let's go, go to Mark in the New Testament, chapter okay. 12. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And we're going to read 28, 29, and 30. Mark chapter 12. Are you there? Oh, right there. 28. Okay. The one of, then one of the scribes came up and listened to them disputing with one another and noticing that Jesus answered them, answered them fitly and admirably. He asked him, which commandment is first and most important of all? And Jesus answered the first and principle one of all commands is hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and you should love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart and out of and with all your soul which is your life and out of and with all your mind with your faculties of thought and your moral understanding and out of and with all your strength. This is the first and principal commandment. I'm going to read 31 too. Mm, yeah. The second is like it and is this. You should love your neighbors as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Mm. So it's interesting that a scribe, someone who had dedicated his life to understanding the law and how it should be applied, would have asked this question. However, many laws they might have believed that they needed to obey, it's not surprising that they would want it all distilled in one question. So it goes right to Deuteronomy 6 starting out with your Israel the Lord our God 
And then quotes the next verse as well about loving God with all your heart, soul, and strength. He pointed to the key affirmation of the Lord as their God, their only God. And based on that great truth, they are called to love him supremely. So what point of that do we not understand? I, 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 I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I mean, I can understand great. I mean, there is no problem for me there. I, I think people that don't, don't uh, misunderstand it because those are rules and regulations that God has put here for us to, do, to go by because we love him and we we want to do as we want to do. But God said, if, if you, you love, love him, me, obey his commandments. Now, there's nothing, no other way around that. You can't go no other way. You can choose what you want, but the truth is the life. That's right. So, what could be more present truth than this command? Uh, let's go to Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. In the very last days, when the final events unfold, and everyone will be called to choose one side or the other in a very dramatic way. So, in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12 say, here comes in a call for the steadfastness of the saints, the patient, the endurance of the people of God, those who keep God's commandments and the faith of Jesus. So, that's a commandment. Ultimately, the side we choose, even in the face of persecution, will be based on whether or not we truly love God. Yes. So, now, if you, if you really don't believe in the uh, commandments, what is your faith? Mm. So we Those see. who keep God's commandments and have the faith of Jesus. Yeah. So, if you really talking about, I got faith, but you don't believe in the commandments, I think you need to think about it. Because you can't have one without the other. You can't have faith but don't believe in God's commandment. That's double, kind of double. double yeah, double standards. Double standards. Or doing what, well, no, it's leaning on your own understanding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, leaning to your if own understanding. If this is clear as it can get, then you're leaning to your, on your own yeah, understanding. Yeah. You know, you're not standing in the middle where God can meet you. You're leaning to the left or you're leaning to the right because you're not standing in the middle where the light is because there's no way you can say you believe and have faith in God, but you don't believe in the Ten Commandments. Come on, church people, let's get it real. You know, some of us going, oh, I believe in God, but uh, we are not, we are, we're not under the Ten Commandments. We are no... What? We're under grace. We're under grace. Yes, we are. Until you break the law. You think you're going under grace out, you, if you're out there with somebody else's wife? No. You're under grace. The, you didn't broke the law. That's right. You don't <laughs> broke the law. You think you're you under grace? You ain't under grace no more. You think you're under grace if you're still not the church kitty? No. You think you're under, you think you're under grace when you past that stop sign and don't stop. No, you just broke the law. Broke the law. Are you under grace when you're looking across the street want to steal your neighbor a lot more? 
No, come on, come on. Let's be real. Along. Let's be real. You done broke doubt should not steal. That's the commandment. How can they be how can we they not exist when people are stealing every day and killing folks? Thou should not kill. Look at all the murder in the world. The Look law. at all the killing the in the world. That we're in the grace in that we shouldn't be breaking the law. We shouldn't be breaking the law. Shouldn't be no killing. Nope. Shouldn't be no rape. Shouldn't be no nothing of this stuff that's going on. Oh, it shouldn't be. <clears throat> so the Lord is definitely calling each and every one of us to love Him with all that we have. It is the first great commandment. Amen. That means Amen. before anything else. That's why He said, seek first His kingdom in all his righteousness, and then he will add everything else unto you. Mm, That's why he tells us to seek the kingdom first. Amen. Because that also is all about who? It's about Christ and his love for us and what he did on the cross for us. You know, that's the deciding issue. We can come to love God with all our heart and soul and might only as we come to know him for ourselves and experience for ourselves his goodness, his love, and grace. If need be, that is something to die for. Amen. That is worth dying for. That's right. Yes. Amen. Amen. Just to, to know him is to love him. That's, That's right. what I'm saying. To know him is to love him. And so we just want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ. We love the word, and we pray that you love it as well. We're going to play a song, and we'll come back with closing comments, email address, and prayers. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. You know, sometimes when I'm riding in my car and just thinking about the goodness of the Lord, I want to sing to him to let him know how wonderful he is. The song says, I really love you. I really love you. Because you first love me. I really love you. Yes, I do. Yeah. I really love you.
to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. 
Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. And we just want to thank you so much. And if you have prayer or Bible question, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. And remember, we come on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. right here on LPJ 64. Have a wonderful and blessed night. Good night.